Hey guys, it's the Princess of Pro Wrestling, SoCal Val, and you are listening to the wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, The Whole Reffin' Show. And now, the wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, The Whole Reffin' Show. Happy New Year, dear listeners. I am Darren Beasley. I am Perry Smith. And you're listening to episode 112 of The Whole Reffin Show. The only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. Happy 2019 to you, Perry. Happy 2019 to you, Darren. And happy 2019 to all of you, hashtag dear listeners, and maybe even some of you new listeners. And maybe some of you nude listeners. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, hopefully you're not nude if this is part of your commute. But, uh, you know. <laughs> or, you know, whatever you're into. If it, hey, if you live in a nudist commune, all your commutes, all your everything should and could well, I mean, be nude. Do, right? you, do you work from the nudist commune or do you actually have to go to a... Workplace where you have to put clothes on. There's probably a little then bit of both. you come home and you take off your suit and you're like, ah, nude again. I, probably all of the above. But surely there have to be <laughs> internal jobs. What are the commune. rules, Darren? What are the rules? Well, it depends on how extensive the commune is. Okay. Um, it was, uh, you know, somebody. if there's a gas station on the commune, you know, the full-service gas station. Full-service gas station Ooh. takes on a whole new meaning well, I mean, in a nudist colony. Nudist commune does, does not exactly mean, like, <laughs> six fists, you know, whatever you're <laughs> But it or should. Or maybe it does. Maybe it does. No, no, because, like, well, nudist, nudist uh, communes or whatever you want to call them, like, like children are there, too, by the way. Like, and they're also just nude. I didn't say anything about a sex fest. I uh, just said it was a full-service gas station. <laughs> you rotate the tide, baby. <laughs> you want me to use my dipstick? Oh, my God. It got I'm, really weird. I'm checking the oil, Perry. Wow. Get a grip. Just because... Well, get a grip. Can you stop with the sex talk, Darren? Just because it's 2019 doesn't mean there's a need to turn this whole ref and show blue... Fair enough. Okay, good. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dear listeners of all ages, episode 112, the first episode of 2019, will be no different than any other episode of the whole reference show, except that all the words will be different. It's, well, some of the gripes might be the same as they were. <laughs> um, it's possible. We're going to make a brief mention of this weekend's Wrestle Kingdom 13 from the Tokyo Dome, even though it will be next week that we will provide you our full review coverage of that card uh, from Japan, New Japan Pro Wrestling. We're going to talk about Mauro Ronaldo's car crash. Two weeks in a row, car crash is headline news. Not kind of the week we skipped, but yes, Darren. <laughs> and uh, WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. Long time rumored, and apparently they are here. But the meat of today's show is going to be what we do only once a year. And that's when Perry and I take a look. <laughs> Don't believe the hype. Uh, we're going to go back and look at the entire previous year 
and uh, discuss who uh, we each believe are, were our favorites. Who did it for us? Who, who kept our engines going throughout this long year of wrestling? Uh, a lot of folks to choose from. I, you know, we won't get into it right now. That that time's going to come a little bit later on. But my list is kind of all over the place. We got some indie talents on there, WWE folk on there. We got some New Japan folk on there. I am very, very excited to talk about this. And uh, absolutely, and I, I must say that that's the best thing about wrestling is if you don't like one brand, don't let don't let them fool you, folks. WWE is not the only wrestling you can find out there. Seek it out, you know, go to YouTube, go to Pivot Share. There's so many ways to find wrestling out there. Great wrestling. Um, thank God for New Japan and independent wrestling. That's all I have to say. Oh, hey, man, absolutely. Pivot Share is where you can find not only our favorite independent wrestling, Fest Wrestling, but also through their partnership, their network with Defy, and all of the other, uh, There's I think there's nine or ten different indie federations that are part of the pivot share package. If you just go looking for fest, right? Then you've got not uh, also now not to mention um, that Twitch, the T- Impact Twitch channel is pretty excellent. It's just twenty four hours a day of TNA, GFW, and Impact Wrestling from its early asylum days to today. I flipped over there for like ten minutes today and just saw a match with the Sandman, oh, yeah. and it was like, how cool is this? Like a match with the Sandman from like, like oh four, and it's like eighteen eighty nine. Just just crazy. So yeah, there's all kind of wrestling to be uh, to be uh, seen these days. All sorts of different formats, all different uh, kinds of platforms. There's so many ways to find wrestling, folks. So we will absolutely get into uh, Darren and my top tens a little bit later on. But before we dig into all of that wonderful, meaty substance of 2018, we got to talk about this week's headlines. Whoa, 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 stop right there, Darren, before we even get into our spectacular, quote, meaty, as you said, headlines. Headlines. There you go. We're going to talk about uh, what's going on on the show, folks. It is officially January 2019, Royal Rumble is coming up quick. I can see it down the turnpike, folks. What, 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 what? Which means, of course, it is time for the Royal Rumble Contest here on the Whole Reffin Show, the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. It is our third annual Royal Rumble Contest, folks. If you're a hashtag and your listener who's been around for the last year or more, you're going to know this. Uh, we need 30 of you, dear listeners. We're going to get 30 men and women together. Or boys and girls, or whoever, whatever. And they get to participate in our Royal Rumble contest. Now, 30 people will be picked from all the entrants. And the deadline will be January 22nd, which is a Tuesday, folks. We'll need 30 of you to participate in the Royal Rumble. And each one of the 30 will be assigned a number. And uh, that number coincides with the entrance of the actual wrestlers in the actual Rumble. So if, we'll say, past winner Tom Breen... Draws number one in our wearable contest. That means whoever comes out first at the Rumble, that number one would be Tom Breen's uh, wrestler. So if that if number one goes over, I don't know, it doesn't go over. <laughs> that wrestler, you don't say that at a wearable contest, folks, or a wearable. Uh, if that uh, if number one was to win the Rumble, therefore Tom Breen would win the Rumble. Or you know, number two, Ryan Pate, who won our very first Royal Rumble contest. If number two was Shinsuke Nakamura, who would win? Unlikely because. 
Shinsuke won last year. A lot of good at Denim. But anyway, um, then, then he would be the winner of the contest. So basically, we'll, we'll need everyone who wants to be involved to, uh, to email us. But from the people who want to be involved, only 30 will be chosen, just so you know. But guess what? What? In the spirit of this being the second year that WWE will have two Rumbles. This is true. We are adjusting the oh, Royal Rumble contest. No. Do you know what that means? What does that mean, Darren? Of those 30 participants... They will get two opportunities to win this year. I guess there are two rumbles. That means two chances because those same 30 people will be entered in both rumbles, both the male Royal Rumble and the female Royal Rumble. And uh, yeah, man, your your number will be consistent for both rumbles. Just you so will you know. have you will have the same number, right? And both rumbles, but two chances to win because it's highly unlikely. That the exact same number is going to win both Rumbles. So instead of mixing it up, you're going <laughs> to... What if it does? If it does, then guess what? You get two prizes. <laughs> Our prizes are to be announced. Right, of course. Of course, the classic prize is the classic Royal Blue, the whole Ref and Show t-shirt, which, as Perry will tell you, is uh, has been quite a well received prize. It's been a quite a well received prize. I, I, I will, told, see, I told you he would tell you. I will tell you uh, the whole reference show T-shirt. There's only been uh, so many made, only a handful made. And like I said, uh, Ryan Payne, who won our first Royal Rumble contest, Tom Breen won our second. Uh, they've made good use of those shirts. Of course, Tom Breen, high praises to Tom Breen uh, for wearing their show quite a bit to a lot of indie shows. Uh, we see Tom Breen wearing their shirt proudly next to the likes of uh, Tetsuya Naito, uh, Shotzi Blackheart, Colt Cabana, Keith Lee, uh, Pentagon? Pentagon and Ray Phoenix. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Tom Breen. Tino Dashwood? I mean, the list goes oh, on yeah. and on. Tino Dashwood, a.k.a. Emma, of course. Uh, Ryan Pate. Uh, painstakingly waited in line for a good while just to get Ric Flair <laughs> to point at our shirt. The Nature Boy! The Nature Boy! So, uh, the bar set kind of high because Ryan Payne and Tom Breen, again, past winners, uh, have raised that bar pretty high. So, dear listeners, all you have to do is send us an email at show at gmail.com T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W at gmail.com. Sounds weird with you saying it. Typically I say that at the end. Uh, yes, subject, Royal Rumble Contest. And then include your full name, your social media handle, whether you prefer to use Instagram or Twitter, how can we find you and advertise you, publicize your entry into the contest, your location, meaning simply where you are in the world, San Antonio, Texas. Um, <laughs> I didn't know what location means, Darren. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. I, I was just, just just helping out. Wait, wait, wait. My location? As well as a picture. Now, understand, as uh, those who have been in our contest in the past two years, we will use your likeness and we will use your name. And we'll um, make shirts of it and we will profit from your likeness, folks. <laughs> And now, by entering the contest, you waive all rights. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Now, if you don't want your face seen, please do send us send a... Send us an avatar, at least. Send us... Exactly. If you don't want to show us your beautiful pearly whites and your glass eye, you can send us a picture of Rocco from Rocco's Modern Life. Don't literally send a picture of someone from the movie Avatar. I, I, okay, now I know someone's going to do that. Um, <laughs> I think I know you're going to... Tyler, don't even do it. 
Tyler. I can smell this joke from a mile away. Don't do it, Tyler. I can see Tyler, like, photoshopping his face onto an avatar's face. Okay, well, if if we don't get that from you, Tyler, then we'll be very, very upset. So, yeah. But, again, dear listeners, that's all we need is your name, your social media handle. $40? (laughs) Not $40. Uh, It is no cost. No cost. No cost to you, dear listeners. No cost you know we to wouldn't enter. do that to him. So yes, uh, send us Gmail. Get involved with the uh, the whole ref and shows Royal Rumble contest. Again, the- we're very happy to have it. Third annual. Uh, two chances to win. Uh, we're going to announce everyone who is involved on the show leading into Royal Rumble weekend. Uh, we'll also be assigning your numbers on that show as well, folks. So it's, will- it's so it's great. It, it's it's uh, I, we love when this comes around. Uh, it's a really great way for us to interact with our hashtag dear listeners. It's always cool to see people come back. Um, so we have a feeling we might see some repeat entrance as well. Oh yeah, for sure. And I'm excited about that because they just they keep coming back. They keep wanting to win. And who could blame them? That's right. As we've always said before, there's something extra fun about watching the Royal Rumble when you've got that number. I mean, I know that in past years, especially the second time around when people were like, there were, first of all, there were more people involved. There were more people that we were in contact with watching the Rumble and getting all these different text messages and and, uh, emails and Instagram messages from people during... During the rumble, going, oh great, there went my chances. Right. Also, I mean, just so you know, folks, there is no favoritism involved. No, um, it's just, truly just random. And just so you know, the the numbers are the participants are drawn randomly from the participants who actually signed up for the contest, and uh, the numbers are totally random. It's impossible to rig a Royal Rumble contest. So uh, everyone's got a chance at this, unless you draw number like five. Uh, I think historically number five seven done very well, um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, sign up and try to win, folks. And in the very least, uh, just be part of something. It makes Royal Rumble that much more fun. We've had people that like the show but don't really like wrestling, but they'll watch the Rumble because they're in the contest and get yeah, really I'm involved. You, it's so much more fun when you like have like a strangely personal investment. It's like it's like betting on a game that you had no interest in going into, but all of a sudden it means the world to you. And also, again, folks, double your chances. Right, double your chances. Twice as many chances to win, folks. That's right. So what are you waiting for? We'll finish the episode first. Then, you know, give us a Gmail and, uh, and give us the information. Get involved. We uh, look forward to hearing from you. Now getting into the headlines themselves, we uh, are... I, I'm sorry to report that there's been another car accident in the world of wrestling. We swear we're not calling <laughs> the folks. There's <laughs> no headlines. Get out there and run into someone, Darren. <laughs> Happy to report, however, that uh, Mauro Ranallo, who was involved in the most recent car crash, is perfectly well, safe, and healthy. On Christmas Eve, he was involved in what was described as a horrific car accident. Um... And to see pictures of the vehicles involved, it uh, you know there were other headlines that literally included the word miracle, and uh, I don't think that those words are are hyperbolic. If you look at the smashed cars, the fact that he just got out of the car and walked away and was fine on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, it kind of is a miracle. And Mara Ronaldo, who is a favorite, uh, a favorite human uh, of the whole reference show, the lead announcer. And the main voice of NXT Wrestling. Also uh, heavyweight boxing commentator. Uh, MMA commentator. Subject of a bipolar rock and roller Showtime documentary. 
Mauro Ronaldo has uh, been a part of a lot of conversations we've had over the last couple of years on the whole Reffin show. We are happy that he is safe. Absolutely. Uh, Christmas miracle, as it were. Um, but do we... Has it been confirmed if JBL was driving the other car? Do we know? Do we know? We can joke because no one was harmed, but I wouldn't put it past JBL. I wouldn't put anything past JBL, even on Christmas Eve. Oh. That guy is a dirty, rotten scoundrel. (laughs) And not in a fun Michael Caine, C. Martin kind of way. No, not at all. In a nasty, nasty human sort of way. Okay, fair enough. Another Christmas miracle. We have WWE Women's Tag Team Championships finally. Now, Perry, I'm sorry to say it does not appear as if you got your Christmas wish. Six women. And that they would be six woman tag titles. I would have loved that because. I would have to. Again, more women get belts, which kind of elevates the women, but also it it sets them apart from the men a little bit more. Most assuredly. Because it's six, six lady tag. Um. So, I guess, obviously, you're not settling because this is obviously something that you want. Uh, so, well, not even new tag team belts. Again, the women's tag team belts have been around for years and years and years. They've just been kind of nowhere for years and years and years and years. Well, remember, like, remember, 30, remember the, like 30 years. No, no, absolutely. The, <laughs> okay. uh, the last time I saw the women's tag team belts defended... I'm not saying this is the last time they were, but I'm saying this is the last time I remember them being defended was probably WrestleMania, where the, what were they called, the... The, the, the Bob Angels? Is that oh, what the, they were called? Oh, God. WrestleMania 1? I don't know if it was 1, potentially, but they were the tag champions at the time. Yeah, what was the name of that tag team? It was the something Bomb Angels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, what? This yeah. was... I mean, God, this was like six... <laughs> oh, man, like six... Eisenhower was president. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like, this was like <laughs> so many iterations of women's wrestling ago. Right, no. Uh, so the, the tag belts have existed before, in the back when there were like two women on the roster, and they were the champions at the time. That's true. That's uh, actually kind of true. Kind of true. Uh, so no, uh, tag team championships for the uh, the ladies long overdue. Does that mean, I guess, both shows get them? We don't get a lot of details about it. Well, the, the, you're right. There were not a lot of details announced. This was announced by Vince McMahon. Um, Actually, dressed Vince, up as Vince Claus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's not the only one impersonating Santa Claus these days. Him and uh, yeah, Booker, Booker T. Claus and God. Santa T. What if the hell he wanted to call himself? Vince did not. We didn't get a glimpse at them. I also thought that, you know, when we saw him sitting there dressed up as Santa, there were packages next to him. Which I thought for sure he was going to tear open and show us the belts. Right. But also, I'm surprised that he made the announcement and not Stephanie McMahon, who would immediately pat herself. Yeah, the back yeah, man. That for it was sure. happening. Uh, I'm a little dumbfounded by that. No, I, I liked it though, and it. it science <laughs> taking Barry Horowitz's gimmick <laughs> of patting herself <laughs> on the back. I love that joke. Love it, it really seemed like something from the Attitude Era, not because there were boobs and swearing. But just because Vince was not really being like Vince, he was just sort of being like a little silly. It's kind of weird. I liked it because it's, it's uh, nice when you and you forget that Vince Man's probably a horrible person, uh, right? right sure. Right. Uh, but all that aside, him just sitting there like wishing the fans a Merry Christmas and like we know that this is something that you want, so here you go, Merry Christmas. That was like uh, maybe not, maybe not even Attitude Era, maybe like Tuesday Night Titans era. Like, this seemed really big-time throwback. Like, 
ah, this is this is what we like to do for for our wrestling fans. Or he would never say the word wrestling, but this is what we like to do for <laughs> for our uh, fans, for our entertainment, for the, the universe, ah, uh, uh, sports. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so that, that's that's great, and looking forward to seeing where it goes. And uh, like I said, hopefully it elevates some of the ladies. I want the I, uh, my vote is for the Iconics to be the first WWE that's, Women's Tag Team Champion. No way that's going to happen. Iconics, Iconics. Hey man, their their time will come. Quote Bruce Dickinson. <laughs> <laughs> and dear listeners, as we are going to press Wrestle Kingdom thirteen is upon us. From Tokyo, Japan, from the Tokyo Dome, it is New Japan Pro Wrestling's biggest show of the year. It is on January the 4th, which is Friday. It is airing at 2 a.m. Eastern Standard Time Live. That's 11 p.m. for you left which coasters. typically when the pre-show starts for WWE shows nowadays. Uh, exactly, exactly. Um, this card, which we will talk about in great length, uh, in uh, in retrospect, next week on episode 113 of the whole reference show includes a battle for the never open weight championship between Kota Ibushi and Will Ospreay. Oh, it's never open. <laughs> the uh, IWGP tag titles in a triple threat match where your champions, the Gorillas of Destiny, take on LIJ, the tag team representing LIJ, Sonata and Evil as well as the Young Bucks. The IWGP United States champion Cody Rhodes takes on Juice Robinson. Kazuchika Okada challenges Jay White. That should be pretty good. Looking forward to that. Me too, and nothing on the line. This is just straight up bragging rights. We're going to fight. We're going to fight. Y2J Chris Jericho, your IWGP Intercontinental Champion, takes on Tetsuya Naito for the second time, and Jericho promises this will be the end of Naito's New Japan Pro Wrestling career. And your IWGP heavyweight champion, Kenny Omega, defends against the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Oh, man. What a card. I mean, that, that's only some of it. That's only a, yeah, that's, a small sample of it. It really is. There's a lot of other matches on this card. And Wrestle Kingdom, I I know, I mean... You know Cheeseburger's going to be there somewhere, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say here, folks. <laughs> Probably Billy Gunn. How, how come, uh, all I know is, within 2019, I think my ultimate goal is to unite Cheeseburger with Hot Dog Starks <laughs> to make them a tag team. That's my goal for this year. Yes, I uh, I support that. That's my New Year's resolution: uh, is, is unite cheeseburger with hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wish wait me to luck, see folks. It. Wish me luck. Well, you have my. I'm wishing you luck first, and I'll be the first in line to buy a ticket to that show. No, no, no. You behind me. You'll be second. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to buy a ticket to, to my show? show. Hey, I like to support myself. Thank you. Well, I know. Oh, well, boy, don't I know that. Um, what? Wrestle Kingdom, I will say, for someone who attends WrestleMania Live almost every year... Here we go. It's hard to beat that experience. Being there live, you, I was sick last year. Uh, the Dallas card wasn't great. Uh, the Atlanta card, WrestleMania 27, was atrocious. And yet, 
it's still like the most fun I have every year. You can't go to WrestleMania and not have a good time unless you are a stick in the mud. Well, to be fair, the rest of your life's pretty awful. So. Oh my god, <laughs> my life is pretty great, and yet WrestleMania is a real highlight. Okay, fair and enough. let me say this though: if I did not attend WrestleMania live. I would be hard-pressed to say that WrestleMania is a better show each year than Wrestle Kingdom because if you want to watch professional wrestling, you need to watch Wrestle Kingdom. So I hope, dear listeners, that as you're listening to this, you have just watched Wrestle Kingdom or are about to watch it, and if not, go watch it. Yeah, if, if it's only been a few days since Wrestle Kingdom is, is aired, then go on YouTube immediately and find those people who are illegally streaming it. And, and go check out some matches. I know last year for Wrestle Kingdom, I was actually at the Atlanta airport on my uh, my layover for my flight to Los Angeles, and I watched Jericho and Omega on my phone, and I watched Naito and uh, Okada on my phone. Oh, it was great. And if you and if you don't want to be a dirty rotten scoundrel uh, like Perry, I had no other. Way. I was at the airport. I, or, I, I didn't or, want spoilers, Darren. Or like JBL, then you <laughs> yourself can just get. New Japan Pro Wrestling. That's right. You can get their over-the-top streaming service, and uh, it's only 999 yen. It's in terms of watching the... <laughs> Which translates to $9,000. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely worth it. If you only watch one show a year, it's worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do it. Okay. So watch Wrestle oh, that's, Kingdom. That's what Nike says, Darren. That's also what I say about Japanese pro wrestling, especially mm-hmm. New Japan pro wrestling. You're making things perverse again, but continue. Oh, great. So I'm the weird one. Well, yeah. Okay, we're not going to get into it. We're not going to get into that. But we are, however, going to get into our favorite wrestlers, our top ten favorite wrestlers from the year 2018, a year that was, Darren. Let's see if your list is anything like mine. Okay. This is the most marketable corporate-sponsored sports entertainer of our or any generation, the hashtag feminist icon, E-F-F-Y-F-E. And you're listening to the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, The Whole Reffin' Show. This is the time each year on The Whole Reffin' Show where we talk about our favorite wrestlers from the previous year. So what this is going to be is a top 10 list from myself, Darren Beasley, and from Perry Smith. Our top 10 individual list of who we each thought were our favorite wrestlers for 2018. Now, it doesn't mean they are the best. It doesn't mean they are the most accomplished These are lists of our favorites, so they are completely and totally subjective. As any top ten list is. And should be. Right, right, right. If you start putting too much criteria into something, especially uh, an endeavor which is predetermined, then then you have ruined whatever fun there could be because... All of a sudden, you're compiling fake statistics about a fake sport. Right. So really, what are you doing? Might cause your head to explode if you think about it too much. But Darren and I have always discussed uh, throughout our friendship that there is a very big difference between favorites and best. Yes, there is. Uh, Probably the best example I can think of, or the favorite example I can think of, (laughs) uh, would be uh, Hulk Hogan. I'm sure Hulk Hogan is a lot of people's favorite wrestler. But if you were to say he was the best wrestler, you would be sadly mistaken. There's just no way. Uh, there are people who are way better at it. But then, then that actually goes into the whole, like, 
there are three different aspects to wrestlers, exactly. personality, ability, uh, performance, whatever. Uh, so again, totally subjective. All of it's totally subjective. We're just, and- just kind of just fun showing you guys, you know, our thoughts in the previous year. Again, if you've been with the show for a year plus, you're going to know, you're going to hear a lot of familiar names mentioned. A lot of people sure. we've had a constantly praised throughout the last year and uh, rightly so because they're on our favorite top list so now i know that uh last year we introduced uh the topic and we introduced this part of this show which this is one of my favorite shows of the year anybody who knows me knows one of my favorite things in the world is a list i love to compile lists uh, it's, I had uh, no idea, Darren. Uh, my OCD forces me to compartmentalize every aspect of my life if it is at all possible to do so. And and wrestling is no exception. I also... A place uh, for everything and everything in its place, Darren. Oh, it's a, isn't, oh what a beautiful phrase. That's, that's very soothing. That's like... I don't know. That's like ASMR? It's like ASMR, man. I don't get that. And Darren actually had to explain to me what that was before we started recording the segment, by the way. That's very, uh, it's immediate callback. And if that doesn't show the uh, improv performer that is Perry Smith, then I don't know what is. Because I literally just explained to him what ASMR was off the air 30 seconds ago. (laughs) And he's already doing a comedic callback. So, bravo. Oh, thank you. Um... I will say this, uh, dear listeners, if you know that much about me, then you were probably listening last year and know that because a list like this is so important to me, Darren Beasley, as a person, not only as a lover of lists, but also as a historian, I do my best to keep track of it. I, I hate the idea, and I'm not saying it's not okay to do it this way, but I personally hate the idea that I started that I would start thinking about something like this now. So I uh, throughout the year compile a top 10 favorite wrestlers of that month and then I go the whole year collecting a different list every single month. Then I go back because I don't you know just because I really really love a wrestler in December might not mean that I really cared for them in January. And they might not have even been around or impactful or employed at that time. And so I try to keep track of it. What's really strange um, is that I took it to a whole other level this year. Um, I came up with about three different rather scientific methods of compiling their uh, places on my top ten list for each month. And then I basically cross-referenced that data across all three breakdowns in order to come up with my top ten. So, though it is incredibly subjective, it is entirely my own opinion, and it need not be scientific, well, guess what? It's thoroughly, thoroughly scientific this year how I came up with my top ten. Wow. I came up with about 13 or 14 people and and, and struggled to make a top 10 out of it. Um, so wow. maybe, But those people came to me pretty quickly, though, i, I got to say. So they were easily, the, I mean, the, the names that came to my head were easily the ones in my top 10. So I, I did not uh, take it to the limit, the degree that uh, my good friend Darren did. But uh, still a lot of thought put into this. But it was pretty easy for me to come up with my top 10. So Well, that's pretty cool. Mine was very difficult. Okay. Uh, not only because of the way that I did it. So I had, um, and actually I didn't do every single month. There were two different months where I blended uh, months together. So actually over the course of 
the year I actually only had 10 polls. Forget PWI. This is a Darren Beasley ranking for I, <laughs> I pulled from 10 different polls that I uh, <laughs> conducted with myself over the year. <laughs> and uh, you said you had your 13 or 14 that you had to narrow down. That was so tough, though, knocking off those three no, or four well, people. Well, check this out. Here, here's a few other uh, little nuggets from my uh, from my scientific approach this year. Thirty six different wrestlers oh, wow. appeared over the course of the year in my top ten polls. Thirty six different wrestlers appeared in the in that in that uh, in those polls. Fifteen of them appear only one time. Um, what's what's really crazy is six times out of those fifteen. They appeared at number five. Oh, wow. So that's really odd. Um, but yeah, 36 appear over the course of the year. 15 appear only one time. And only three, only three of the wrestlers appeared on every single poll. Oh, wow. So that means that, like, you know, a lot of people just sort of popped in and out. If You know, 15 only appeared once. That means several people probably only appeared twice. And out of those 36 wrestlers that appeared, of course, now this probably goes for both of us, and you already mentioned that fact, that we're talking about WWE, we're talking about NXT, we're talking about indie wrestling, we're talking about New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling. Um, ROH, I know that I, yeah. Yeah, ROH. I know that I have some wrestlers um, who appear almost exclusively in NWA, uh, MLW wrestlers. Uh, now, MLW, I, of course, despite their television deal, uh, and they're high profile. I, I I lump them in with indie wrestling sure. at, at this point. But uh, indie wrestling, yeah. if anyone thinks it is, is not an insult, by the way. No, never. Especially not indie wrestling being as hot as it is right now. But I mean, also, I mean, there are people on my list, uh, or rather, people from last year's list who are not on my list at all. And that could be because of roster changes. That could be because of uh, injury. Uh, I'll, I'll say, for instance, like Dean Ambrose is typically on my top ten list. Like he is gone for most of the year, so I could not fairly put him on my list. And um, that is fair. Stuff like that. Uh, Becky Lynch is not on my list. Uh, I've only been interested in her in the last few months. Before that, she was kind of not doing a whole lot because you know only a third to a quarter of the year she was doing this whole badass the man gimmick, which I love. That's not enough to put her in my top ten because for most of the year she was just kind of there. Um, so, I mean, that, that kind of criteria I did have to think about while sure. making my list, of course. No, absolutely. And that's why, um, the, like I said, uh, Becky Lynch, I think, uh, we, I will I will say this much, spoiler alert, if you don't want skip this and just join in, in a minute and a half from now. Becky Lynch is on my list somewhere. And it is because she went from not appearing in my top ten to being very high toward the end. And so, despite having no appearance on some of those polls, how high she was on later polls forced her to be factored into that final 10. Oh, fair enough. And so, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting that their placement on my final top 10 of the year might not necessarily look like where they were on the polls they appeared in monthly, but... Um, it's just because of how many they may have not appeared in at all. Absolutely. But, so, um, well, let's, 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 let's stop teasing about yeah. it and let's get into it. All right, Everyone's it. rolling their eyes right now and saying, just tell us what your, your <laughs> damn top ten is. So what we'll do is uh, what we've done the last couple of years. One at a time. We're going to go from ten to one. 
Okay. And we're going to go one at a time. Perry's going to tell you his number 10. I'll tell you my number 10. That way Derek Perry... can have the final word, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course. And um, and then after we get through our top 10, uh, I'd like to give a little credence to some honorable mentions. I'd, I'd like to open the floor to questions uh, <laughs> from Darren, I guess. Um Okay, well then fine. Uh, my number as long 10... as I get the final word. Oh, no, that, that's all that matters. Yeah. There you go, okay. Waiting for it. Okay, uh, my, my number 10 on my list, someone who typically ranks pretty high up there, but this year, uh, my, I only have my top 10 because you have to, you have to appreciate the effort given uh, as AJ Styles. Uh, AJ Styles, I was not a huge fan of any... Feuds he was really involved in this year, and that's saying something because I finally got my dream come true feud Shinsuke versus AJ in WWE, and to me the whole thing was just horribly done. Um, so, but I, I do commend AJ on on the good work uh, he has done throughout the year. Uh, the, the Finn Balor match was a, a lot of fun. Uh, it's one of the highlight, probably one of the best matches of the year for when it comes to WWE. Um, and just, you know, he's consistent, does a good job, you know, obviously just does what he's told. I can't blame him for bad storylines or angles or, you know, horrible finishes to matches that should have been amazing. Um, so I can't blame him there. So I would just commend his good work by saying, AJ, you belong on my top ten because you are consistent. And uh, welcome to my top ten. Hey. And they don't want none. They don't want none. They, they definitely... They're looking they scared <laughs> as if they'd rather not partake. Yes. <laughs> my number ten, Matt Riddle. Oh. Matt Riddle could have been, could have been on every top ten list that I made to keep up with through the year, but he wasn't. Okay. uh, Just because he did not have the exposure that I would want. I did not get to see enough of Matt Riddle this year. I've been a fan of Matt Riddle's for a couple of years now, but he's hard to see. Uh, There's not a lot of Matt Riddle to be seen uh, up until he joined the NXT roster. And even after that point, we haven't seen that much of Matt Riddle, except for a uh, squash match um, at NXT TakeOver. And you and I were lucky enough to see Matt Riddle at an NXT house show in Jacksonville, Florida a few weeks ago. But other than that, Matt Riddle is still kind of in the background. And if you don't follow wrestling very closely, you don't even know Matt Riddle, or you might not appreciate Matt Riddle. I've talked to several people who really dislike Matt Riddle based on nothing. (laughs) Right. Just based on what tiny bit NXT has allowed them to see, and I hate to hear that, and I tell every one of them to stay tuned. Stay tuned to Matt Riddle because he's going to blow up. He's going to be a big deal. The fact that when he's wrestling in PWG, He's still got uh, a dry erase board that says, like, I want Brock Lesnar. And he's already now made the statement on WWE programming that he will retire Brock Lesnar. You don't, you, don't, you don't say that if WWE does not plan to do something with you. So I am excited about Matt Riddle. I'm excited about what we have seen. And I am super stoked about what we will see. So Matt Riddle, welcome to my top ten of 2018. Uh, if you have any kind of uh, a quality year in wrestling this year, you'll be much higher on my list next year. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, interesting choice. Uh, my number nine is Velveteen Dream. Ooh. Velveteen Dream, a.k.a. Patrick Clark, as he was once known in his former life. Uh, <laughs> 
Always uh, really, really enjoy watching him wrestle. Uh, always very innovative. Uh, the, the rolling like, <laughs> Dream Valley Driver, I believe he finally gave it a name, uh, is, is awesome to watch. The uh, purple Rainmaker uh, <laughs> elbow drop. Yes. Uh, really great stuff. Also, he tries very hard every every show to, to you know, look the part, I guess, and kind of stand out and just do something different. All the Hogan homages and throwbacks are... I mean, sure, they're homages or not, but obviously... You know, basically calling out Hogan more or less, you know, with his his choice of wardrobe. But, I mean, it's just always interesting to watch him wrestle. I think, you know, if you're putting him in there with Aleister Black, or you're putting him in there with EC3, you're putting him in there with Ricochet, like, it is always a very, very good match. Very athletic performer, and again, putting a lot of emphasis into his character. Very important to do, especially for NXT, where there's a lot, it's much more character-based than it is uh, WWE. Uh, I just hope when he's called up eventually that they don't totally ruin Velveteen Dream. Uh, but it probably will happen, unfortunately. But uh, for now, Velveteen, you are number nine on my top ten. Well done. Good choice. My number nine is Alistair Black. Oh. Now, Alistair Black was much higher on my list last year. Um, I don't recall where he was. I know it was higher simply because last year I could not get enough of Alistair Black. And uh, I made a point not to look at my list from last year. I did not want to in any way be influenced by 2017 while thinking about 2018. Nevertheless, I know Alistair Black must have been much higher on my list last year. And uh, he deserved to be last year in the same way he deserves to be lower this year. I love Alistair Black. I love the man that plays Alistair Black, Tommy End or whatever his real name is. His real name is Alistair Black, Darren. I was a fan Aren't of his. You paying attention? Yeah, I was a fan of his before WWE. I'm an even bigger fan of his while he is in the WWE. Not a fat joke. He has lost a little bit of his luster, a little bit of his sheen, his shine, uh, his specialness. It has rubbed off because they didn't, they didn't go full tilt boogie on making him the the dark sinister character. That he started out being by having promos uh, in like what looked like some sort of weird abandoned medieval church or monastery with candles and uh, uh, some sort of unholy book, and uh, they're they're just not capitalizing on that like Undertakerish type thing. I don't want Alistair Black to be a dead man. I don't want Alistair Black to be able to wield lightning powers and come back from the dead. Just be a spooky dude, right? Just be like a, a like a gnarly, dark, satanic dude uh, who has no mystical powers but would love to have some maybe. Um, so I feel like Aleister Black has lost that, uh, that mystique, has not lost a step in the ring. He's a badass in the ring. He's had some good programs. Uh, he missed some important television time. He, his exposure was limited after a, a horrible... Injury to his groin. Um, His title run was totally botched, if you ask me. I completely agree with that. Nevertheless, still one of the... uh, Of anybody that will get me to pop simply by appearing on a television screen, uh, Aleister Black's there, and that puts him at uh, a a solid, secure, sound number nine on my top ten of 2018. Yeah, he's he's like one of the four or five I had to bump off. Because there's only... Ten spots in that top ten, Darren. Uh, again, I had thirty six 
So I had to bump I guess that's, 26 off. That's even more true, I guess, is the tougher for you. Uh, number eight for me, our boy, former Fest Wrestling champion, Effie. Oh, all right. Effie's in the list. Typically, Effie's on my top ten. Fest Wrestling's obviously a big part of our show here on the whole ref and show. That's the name of the show. It's the name of our show. It's, I was the, only the, show. <laughs> yeah, it's the only wrestling podcast that calls it Right down the middle. That part I did remember. Yes. Um, <laughs> so no, Effie's great. He had a really great year at Fest Wrestling. Uh, again, winning the championship belt from Sue Young, defending it against the likes of Leva Bates, Joey Ryan, Jason Cade, Saibal Sabas, or Pentico. Uh, really, really great uh, year for him. He fought some like some really great talent and uh, some really great wrestlers. And uh, Effie's great for for a guy who could probably just keep doing what he's doing, and that's still more than a lot of the independent people do on their own. He puts in more effort than anyone else. Like he keeps challenging himself. He keeps raising F- the bar on himself. Effort. Effort. So you can't spell effort without the first half of Effie. Um, so no, hats off to you, Effie. Uh, you're on my top ten easily. Uh, so welcome. My number eight is. The Sicilian psychopath, Tomasa Champa. Absolutely. Your NXT champion. Mine, personally? And mine. Okay. And mine. And everyone's, actually. Tomasa Champa has been one BA NXT champion. Tommaso Champa has been uh, unrivaled, uh, unparalleled, unapproachable, untouchable as a champion. When compared to his peers, uh, in terms of your uh, brand champions, um, because nobody really has has carried a championship, uh, carried the the banner, uh, the standard bearer of the company, if you will, the way that Champa has with NXT. Champa feels like NXT, and he does so with a certain nastiness. It's a flour- like a dark, gnarly flourish. That's like holy crap. Somebody beat this guy up. Like he, he's very surly. He's very surly, and uh, he's he's a he's just a rude, ornery man. And like I love that. Like that that's that's different. And he can wrestle. He's got a, a totally unique look. I mean, he looks like, I mean, he looks like an urukai from the Lord of the Rings. Like his, his ears. Are weird and his nose and like his. Beard. Are you praising him anymore? I am. Okay, All of these okay. things in professional wrestling, you need to look like something. He doesn't look like Lex Luger, which is a good thing about Tommaso Ciampa. But he could. But he's about. He's just about as cut up. He looks like an evil, like CrossFit wizard. <laughs> right. Yeah, a, an evil CrossFit dark wizard. No, oh, yeah, like yeah. He's he's totally. He's totally been corrupted by the dark arts. By the dark CrossFit arts. (laughs) But uh, Tommaso Ciampa uh, is a a hell of a performer uh, in the ring, on the microphone. He's got a great look. He's done a great job in representing NXT. He's made NXT very interesting as its champion. His reign is unlike any other NXT reign. It's different than Blacks and uh, Almas and Joe and... Shinsuke and Finn, like all of those, all those guys had great NXT championship runs, but they all, they were just what, they're just what they're supposed to be. Right. Uh, Sort of like AJ's WWE championship run. Whereas Champa's feels like, 
he felt it was his destiny and no one else did. And he overcame all the odds to really be that champion. He coveted it and he got it. Well, it's a little different for Champa because, I mean, he. When someone like Gargano comes for Champa's belt, like there's already this built in history there. So you know these two hate each other. Nowadays, you're not so sure, but at, at the time, sure. uh, there's a lot more history there. It's not just uh, Shinsuke wants to beat Samoa Joe because. Samoa Joe has the belt, and right. he's the bad guy, so Shinsuke is a good guy, has to beat him. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's not the same thing, um, where it's just kind of formulaic, like, oh, I'm the champion. Well, not anymore, mister. I'm coming for your belt. So, no, I totally get that. Champa uh, bumped off my list as well. Oh, wow. Well, I will say he what... He did what... spend half the year injured, there, and again, I took that into account. When people are not around for a lot of the year, they can't be on the list. Well, they, they they can be. I call it. And they are. They're on, here he is. At I like how it was like, well, people who are injured and, and, you know, people who weren't as cool all year will never be on our lists, right? And you're like, number one, Becky Lynch. Number two, Tommaso Ciampa. Number three, Raven. <laughs> Long retired if Raven. You, if, you, if you say the word in his prime. In his prime, Raven. God <laughs> damn it. <sighs> Again, there was a sign. I, I can show you. The pre-calculus involved... I'm sure your list is much better than mine, Darren. It is. There I said it. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, Sometimes you got to give him what he wants, folks. Tommaso Ciampa... Very good. The reason Tommaso Ciampa is extra good is for the reasons you just said about NXT being extra good. NXT, it, call it a brand, call it a territory, call it what you will. Uh, it's booked like a territory. It operates like a territory. And it achieves like a territory of old. And in that respect, Champa earns a place as one of my favorites, as my number eight favorite, because he is a champion of old, in a territory of old. And it's hard to come across anything of old in 2018. So boom, there you go, Tommaso Champa. Tommaso Champa, very nice. That leads us to number seven, my number seven, someone who's been all over my radar this year. Ever since, especially ever since I saw her at the first May Young Classic, Tony Storm. Oh, Tony Storm! She's wow. got to be one of the best women wrestlers there there is right now. I'm I'm constantly awesome. impressed by her. Uh, she did phenomenal work again at this year's May Young Classic. Uh, anytime they they kind of use her in WWE unofficially, but I guess more so now officially now that she's with the uh, NXT UK brand. Um, just doing just great work, and in any any match, I'm I'm lucky to find on YouTube with her. I'm always really really impressed by it. Uh, for someone that I didn't know it existed like a year ago, more or less. Again, the first May Young Classics when I first saw her, uh, I'm just constantly impressed by her, and you know that's definitely worth being on my list. So Tony Storm number seven. Oh, that is uh, uh, that's a cool choice. Tony Storm not on my list, but uh, I have sat across from you. Uh, both in our recording studio as well as across the country via Skype and heard you extol the virtues of Tony Storm for a very long time. Oh, yeah. So um, while that might be a surprise to some of you, dear listeners, not a surprise to me at all. So uh, Tony Storm, you're number seven with a bullet, huh? No bullets. No bullets. Okay. <laughs> it's not the Bullet Club. No. Uh, my number seven is also a female. Oh. My number seven is Ruby Riot. Ah, now Ruby Riot. Uh, I have, I mean, I've been a fan of Ruby Riot since she was Heidi Lovelace, and now I've been a fan. And then through Dory Prang, 
and through NXT Ruby Riot with one T and now WWE Superstar Ruby Riot with two T's, the leader of the Riot Squad. I love the fact the Riot Squad is still around. I hope it stays around for a long time. Um, I don't know who thought to put Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan with Ruby Riot. I wouldn't have done it. But the fact that they did do it, it works somehow. I, I think because they are misfits, and there's like kind of nowhere to put them. That's why it works so well. It does work very well. And which, by the way, misfit is one of those words that you have to dissect to realize what you're saying. It's like what we talked about before with the word Castlevania. <laughs> you don't really, you don't really think twice because Castlevania just means Castlevania. But oh, it's like Transylvania and Castle combined. Misfit literally means not a fit. Right. So there you have it. So yeah, these are three people they didn't know what to do with. Linguistics podcast. Exactly. You have you have this like <laughs> this tiny ghetto, you know, chick. You have this Ozark backwoods girl and you have Ruby Riot, this like punk princess. Right. So of course you put them all together and somehow it works and it, to me it worked uh, from the beginning it still works today. It really works and Ruby Riot is is uh, clearly much like Mo of the Three Stooges. She is their leader. Oh, absolutely. And uh, she is a hell of a leader. She has a natural charisma, a natural leader's charisma that even Sarah and Liv don't quite have, which is no uh, which is no detriment to them. They just make good henchwomen. And Ruby is such a great centerpiece for that. And she carries herself so differently. Um, you know, she's not huge. She's not overly small. She's not overly muscular. And yet she has a presence that is unique among uh, a growing uh, women's division. And it's not just because, oh, she's the one with green hair. Right. Or she's the one with this color hair. Right. She differentiates herself with uh, everything that she does. Ruby stands apart. Uh, her wrestling ability uh, is excellent. We know that. We've, we've seen that uh, on display outside of the SmackDown and Raw. But even on SmackDown and Raw, when they really give her an opportunity, we do still see it a little bit. I hope this means that uh, she'll get into some programs where we really get to see a spotlight on her. But I think we got to see enough of her this year. She was all over my top, my monthly top ten favorites this year. Um, she appeared in almost all of them, uh, so I could not leave her out. Uh, I feel here, sitting at the beginning of 2019, exactly the way I felt about her all year, which is she is a solid number seven on my top ten favorites. I love Ruby Riot, and I have really high expectations for her in the coming year. Oh wow, Ruby! You better you better up your game, or rather, keep doing what you're doing. Now we we've uh, we've long uh, sang the praises of uh, Doi Prang, aka Ruby Riot, uh, from seeing her for the first time at Pickle the Tree One at Fest Wrestling. She was the former Fest Wrestling champion. Uh, to seeing her go through the NXT machine and then ending up in WWE television, and again we've commented before in record timing. No one has gone through that fast. No one, folks. Even if, I mean... No one. Only because we we literally watched her... We watched Go from step. independent to NXT to NXT television in record time to up on the main card uh, in record timing. And there are people that you think are going through it quickly. And no, they've been there for years. Someone said Lacey Evans... Like someone mentioned uh, on like Twitter that Lacey Evans must have been must have like gone through the NXT uh, machine faster than anyone. It's like no, no, no. <laughs> She's been around for years, folks. Right. I mean, she was at those early house shows that we attended right when this podcast was starting up. I mean, um, but no, Ruby. I mean, obviously they they knew that she was talented and they they put her up there and she 
and you know women's main events against like Ronda Rousey and the Bella Twins stuff like that, which says a lot about her. Um, and so yeah, Ruby Riot again, one of those people that I had to just cut off the list, even though uh, she's been great this entire year. Sorry, Ruby. I'm sorry. Um, but that leads us to uh, my number six. Yes, we're on number six now. Uh, which again, much like AJ Styles, someone who's just consistent, and I think is probably the best women's wrestler there is today, uh, Charlotte Flair. Wow, Charlotte Flair, and again, much like AJ, I'm not always completely invested in what I'm watching, but Charlotte is just such a professional. She's so athletic and she's so talented um, that I can't not have her on my list because I mean she is she is so good at what she does, and uh, that's she kinda, really is. That's she all really I have to is. say about Charlotte Flair. Really, like, again. Not always the best angle for her to be a part of. And, you know, sometimes, kind of like AJ, she can be kind of boring to watch if she's just the good guy. But, uh, again, once she's in the ring, it's always uh, it's always good stuff. Anyone who can do a, a, <laughs> like, a moon, like a corkscrew moonsault, you know, off the, the top turnbuckle is always a... It's always uh, going to get my top ten somewhere. That's not true because a lot of people can do that. and They're not in my top ten. <laughs> but, uh, no, Charlotte Flair, like I said, uh, constant professional, and so she had to be in my top ten. Well, my number six is a about as much of a newcomer as you can be and yet deserves this placement because I felt very, very, very strongly about this person almost all of 2018 and that is ronda rousey oh ronda rousey is my number six and if she had done a little bit more a little bit earlier she could have even been higher on this list of course we're talking about ronda rousey they call her the baddest woman on the planet they call her rowdy ronda rousey uh she doesn't give a damn about her reputation uh, is what I've heard. <laughs> and uh, she is a UFC Hall of Famer. She's a former UFC Women's Champion. And she is the current Raw Women's Champion. And she had a hell of a year. And I know that when I saw her in New Orleans, Louisiana, at WrestleMania 34, in the ring, tearing apart Stephanie McMahon and Triple H, for that matter... I knew that she was the crossover star they've been wanting forever. Now, Vince, of course, has Brock Lesnar as his super, like, precious crossover star, but no one should forget the fact that Lesnar was WWE guy first. Right. That his his UFC popularity, his MMA success, all that came after the fact. Rhonda is one is is an outsider who is Rhonda is literally Lawrence Taylor. Rhonda <laughs> oh, no. Rhonda is Kevin Green. Right. Rhonda is Snooky. Is, is right? Rhonda also Steve Mongo McMichael? Rhonda is Steve Mongo McMichael. Okay. Rhonda is Jay Leno. She, she is Carl Malone. This is who Rhonda Rousey is. Guess what? On that list of people, Rhonda Rousey will be the not just the baddest woman on the planet, she might end up being one of the baddest women in WWE history because she's made this much of an impact in one year. Right. She showed out, had one of the best showings of all of WrestleMania this year. She's already been the women's champion. I know that's not your favorite thing in the world, but she's carried it well. Well, you didn't. Oh, know, okay, okay. You didn't want her. To I was like, well, what do I have against women's championship? No, no, no. no, 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 no. She no. got it too soon. Okay. You, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. felt that she got it too soon, it's and like, I didn't. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Whoa. I didn't completely disagree with the fact that she got it too soon. 
Uh, in fact, I, I strongly agree with that. I've, I've softened on it because of how good the rain has been. I haven't seen a Ronda Rousey match yet that I didn't like. And most of them I've are more than like. Most of her matches have been thoroughly exciting. Show stealers. I mean, that good. Like, I am really, really excited about Ronda Rousey. I think she, uh, I think her 2019 uh, is trending to be phenomenal. Like, if, she, if we see her main event WrestleMania 35, then we're talking about the fact that in one year, she went from making her WrestleMania debut to headlining WrestleMania. I mean, Lawrence Taylor headlined WrestleMania in his first... You know what time Bam Bam Bigelow ever, <laughs> ever fucking main evented WrestleMania. But, uh, I mean, I don't need to say anything more about Ronda Rousey other than she... she uh, I'd love to see her get more proficient on the microphone. I'd love her to have more creative and impactful... Uh, and lengthy, like substantial moments on the microphone. Uh, a stronger, more thorough and complete promo. But that's not to say she's crap on the mic, because she's not. What little mic time she's had in the second half of 2018 was good. It just has a lot of room for improvement. And in the ring, there's no... There, she doesn't need to improve. I think short and sweet with uh, Ronda Rousey. I don't dislike that. I, I, think, I think even better, at one point, if you turn Ronda Rousey heel... Paul Heyman becomes oh like my her, God. her advocate, and she basically becomes another Brock Lesnar. Oh, dude! Oh man, that would be so good. That would be sweet. But she's here at number six. I can only see her possibly being higher on my 2019 list. That, that's that's a great pick. I am ashamed that I didn't think of that at all. Um, considering, I, I guess in my brain, I'm still like, "Oh, she's a UFC fighter." <laughs> so I it didn't it didn't come to that with that. But I, I am ashamed, folks, that she is not on this list. Uh, anyway, uh, another uh, woman, though, is on my list, number five. Asuka had a really, really great half year, at least, uh, coming into WrestleMania undefeated, also winning the very first ever women's Royal Rumble. Uh, so Asuka, uh, and <laughs> of course, by winning, she became number one contender to the title of her choosing, which became the uh, SmackDown Women's Championship. That time, uh, Charlotte Flair was holding it, uh, who's also on my list, you may recall. Um, but of course, losing Charlotte Flair, which I thought was a horrible, horrible decision. That's like, again, like I said before, Goldberg getting all the way to Hogan, Hollywood Hogan, and just losing to Hollywood Hogan, and then it would have just instantly crushed everything leading up to it. And guess what? That's exactly what happened when you crushed Asuka going up to it like Charlotte needed the win at WrestleMania for whatever reason. Um, so anyway, I don't agree with that. But again, uh, not Asuka's fault. Uh, but I think Asuka did a great job. Uh, everything she did uh, on her way out of... I mean, during NXT, of course, but especially on her way out of NXT. The last woman standing match with Nikki Cross was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, and just really good wrestling uh, throughout. And I, I love Asuka's personality. Presentation. It's always very different when uh, Oscar's out there and she stands out. And she has multiple color hair. That helps a lot. Um, <laughs> but no, it's uh, it's just always nice to see Oscar and that music every time is you're like, ah, oh, yes, Oscar. Thank God. Um, so Oscar number five easily. Wow, very good, very good. Oscar not on my list, mm. but my number five is the former SmackDown Live Women's Champion. Becky Lynch, Arr. and unlike your uh, your description of your feelings about Becky Lynch earlier, 
Uh, mine are a little different. Um, I certainly cannot say Becky had the strongest first half of 2018, but in my mind, she was just as much my favorite as she was a year before that, two years before that. I've been a Becky Lynch fan since her NXT days. Um, I've never stopped liking Becky Lynch. So right now, I'm riding high on the fact that they're finally capitalizing on what she's capable of. The second half of 2018, the last quarter of 2018, she is uh, absolutely delivering on all the opportunities they're giving her. Her potential has turned into a reality, and it's the potential I think she's had from the very beginning. Getting buried behind people like Charlotte and Sasha uh, in the past, and now letting her call herself the man, letting her be a true heel, letting her be the sole SmackDown superstar to come out and defy the new era of the McMahon's announcement and saying, like, I don't care about any of that. It doesn't matter. The same thing is going to happen anyway. But I'm here, and where I, Becky Lynch, the man am, is where things are different. I mean, that's, she's got one of the best promos in all of wrestling today. Becky Lynch, the girl that they wouldn't even let her talk two years ago because, quote-unquote, her Irish accent was too strong. People wouldn't understand her. <laughs> you know what? You know one thing that can be very powerful? Not being able to be misunderstood. And, in fact, another thing that is scientifically proven to be impactful is that it's not always what you say, but how you say it. So even if every single word lost in her Irish accent does not come across, her intent damn sure does. Becky Lynch is the man on the microphone. Becky Lynch is the man in the squared circle. She is a man taking a punch to the face that rearranged her face for a few weeks. And um, I love it. Apparently you get a push if you do it. So you <laughs> should all try to make your, your fellow wrestler concuss out there, folks. Um, just next week, I will be seeing WWE Live, the SmackDown brand in Tallahassee, Florida. Um, and I am very, very excited uh, the possibility of, of maybe seeing Becky Lynch uh, at this show. But Becky Lynch, my number five favorite wrestler of 2018. Well, well, well. That takes me to my number four, which is kind of a cheat. Kind of a cheat because okay. it's, it's not one person. Well, it's, no, it's not. It's okay. Well, maybe. I don't know. Go ahead. It's multiple people, but it's one faction. I'm talking about the Undisputed Era. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Because on my list, I've had like tag teams. Like, sure. I've had like DIY. Yeah. We, that, that kind of counts to me. Okay. Now, I can agree. Because, okay. dear listeners, we didn't... Uh, so that you know, uh, just as every year before, we did not discuss... Oh, yeah. It's more fun before, to be like... Way oh, more oh, fun. Oh. <laughs> right. So, we her, have not discussed her, this before. Her. Um, but... In the pa in past years, we have decided that uh, tag teams were would count as one, yeah, yeah, and were a valid entry. So I don't consider it a cheat. Okay. If a tag team can count, then a faction can count. Uh, depending on the size of the faction, at some point it might be arguable whether or not it counts. <laughs> but I I'll give you undisputed. Okay, so I can't say corporate ministry. Is yeah, that, is, that, <laughs> is that too many people? Thirty people. I think it's more of the uh, the year that's the problem. There. Oh, okay, well. 
But wow, Undisputed Era, man, hard to fight that. Undisputed Era, uh, considering that, I mean, well, Bobby Fish out for quite a bit with an injury. Not too long, but but long enough. Again, the injury thing comes into play. Adam Cole doing consistent good work in NXT. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly, always love watching him wrestle. His unique style is that MMA uh, background really coming in to play when it comes to his offense. Um, love that. And just him sliding around in the, in the ring. I just love watching that as well. Uh, Roderick Strong, who is not part of the faction all year, uh, but uh, and there for for quite a while, and he's part of the whole deal. So I mean, I had to kind of I I couldn't just pick one and and like not the other. So it's kind of like well, all of them. The undisputed era uh, at number four, I can doing it. I consistent can it. good work. NXT tag champions uh, Adam Cole, Bebe, former uh, North American champion. Like I said, just consistent work. And when they're in the ring together, you know it's going to be a great match. Uh, we saw them live at the Jacksonville House show very recently, which we may or may not talk about eventually in the future. Um, but even that was just them. It was, it was just uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. And putting in maximum effort at a house show, I appreciate from anybody. Anybody who puts in maximum effort, much like when we saw DIY take on the Revival, and it was as good, if not better, than the takeover match they had just had, for a, a, a crowd of 100 to 200 people, I, I so support that. I am so happy about that. Some people voted in, folks. And uh, Undisputed Era are not comprised of men uh, who do that. So hats off to Undisputed Era. Welcome addition to NXT. They've been there for a while, of course, but we are reviewing the year after all, so... When they are called up eventually, I, I am sure they will be actually used to the full potential. I just hope that they, when they get there, they are treated as a legitimate threat the way they are in NXT. I don't want them to be like, oh, that cute little faction from NXT right. or that B-level faction. I want Undisputed Era to hit I want them to Raw invade. the way DX would. Right. Or, or the, the, way the way the, the Nexus NWO. did. Or the way the Nexus did. Or, or you took the words right out this, of my mouth. This basically needs to be that happening. It, it needs to be Undisputed Era showing up and doing stuff and, and WWE locker room like empties out. And then several people who have been mistreated by WWE who were former NXT kind of like join in too. So Undisputed Year becomes like a, a seven-person faction, basically. Like, I would love something like that to happen. Okay, even... I can dig that. Even if that doesn't happen, the them as a faction needs to be enough of a threat that then when Adam Cole challenges whoever is the champion at the time, it's like, he could he could win. He could win. It doesn't... You know what I mean? It does... They... Uh, my fear is Undisputed Era coming up to Raw or SmackDown and being like dogs nipping at the heels of Brock Lesnar or Daniel Bryan. No, Adam Cole needs to come in with all of this entourage built up to be, of course I can compete with Daniel Bryan. Of course I can compete. Even with Brock Lesnar, despite the size difference, I'm Adam Cole, baby. Well, well, luckily, if Vince squints hard enough, he can kind of see Shawn Michaels' resemblance (laughs) and Adam Cole. I hope that's the case. Yeah, but... Well, my number four is Velveteen Dream. Hey, I mentioned him. Is this the first person that's appeared on both of our lists? Yes, I believe so. Wow. We're well, the first time I said, hey, I mentioned him, so yeah, I guess so. Yeah, we're all the way to number four, and our lists are very different they this year. They are very different. I mean, they're never the same, but this might be the most different. But that's what makes been. it so interesting, folks. We're not just two people who are totally on the same page about everything. We have arguments. We have disagreements. 
We have passionate disagreements, I'll say. I won't say arguments. I would never argue with you, Darren. No, of course not. Uh, we've never argued about anything. You piece of shit. Except for Peter Jackson's King Kong. <laughs> and that's all I have to say about that. Okay. And well, that's all I have to say about that. Okay. <laughs> just just know that once Darren Beasley did not talk to me for two weeks uh, because we argued about Peter Jackson's King Kong. Another time, a story for another time, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. Two weeks without talking in a two-bedroom apartment <laughs> with four roommates. Yeah. And we barely left that apartment in those two weeks. Yeah. And still maintained silence. It was a good two weeks. Tell me about Velveteen Dream, Darren. Peter Jackson, you can go to hell. <laughs> straight straight to hell. You and, wow. You and your King Kong bullshit. Wow. But I love you, Perry. Thank you. I love you, too. I do. I love you the most. Uh, Velveteen <laughs> Dream. Uh, this will be the first opportunity in which we've repeated um, the praise of somebody because they've appeared on both of our lists. Velveteen Dream, like uh, Perry said earlier, a hell of a year. Um, I don't want to just repeat what Perry said, so I will say uh, some, some different things. Velveteen Dream, uh, I know, has been praised by John Cena. I know that he has been compared by others to John Cena. I know that there are people like Triple H who feel the Velveteen Dream could be the future of the company. Um, I know that there are uh, fans and industry people alike who uh, resent uh, Patrick Clark, the man behind Velveteen Dream, to a certain extent. But they feel he is a little too ambitious, maybe a little too proud of himself with... Uh, the call me up Vince tights, and with the uh, that uh, he he may be his own biggest fan. Well, sometimes you have to be, and I think that folks, you have to be your own biggest fan. And I think Velveteen Dream certainly also has every right to be. I'm a fan, sure. I mean, he's my number four wrestler of the whole year. How many wrestlers did I see this year? You know, how many wrestler thirty six made it into my top ten of the month throughout the year? Sure. I love Velveteen Dream. I love his entrance music. I love his aesthetic from the, you know, the, the, the third eye sunglasses to the amazingly uh, styled quaff to the little bits of Prince to the little bits of Macho Man to the little bits of Hulk Hogan to the little bits of what must be who Patrick Clark is down in his heart. That little bit of Jimi Hendrix that, uh, you know, he comes out in Philadelphia looking like Rocky um, Velveteen Dream can can wrestle, he can talk, he can move, he can shake. Uh, this guy is the the real deal, and uh, he deserves only praise at this point. Um, so what if you don't love him backstage? Uh, this is this is performance art, right? Yeah, and he is one hell of a performer and one hell of an artist. Yeah. So Velveteen Dream with a bullet. My number four. Well, you know, I agree. He's in my top ten as well. Uh, we're now in our top three, Darren. Who is that? We're down to the skinny mini. The skinny mini uh, driver who drives a mini. Um, not true. <laughs> she <laughs> might. Be, uh, could be true. Huh? She's English, right? Yeah, sure. Isn't she English? She, I'm pretty sure she's English, yeah. Aren't minis English as well? Aren't they? Are they? Probably. Um, number three, Johnny Gargano. Oh, Johnny Wrestling. Johnny Wrestling. And uh, for a good reason. Johnny Gargano really makes any match good. Again, I'm not always on board with a Johnny Gargano character. It can be a little, uh, a little muddy, a little murky sometimes, whether I'm supposed to... What do you mean? 
Like, uh, well, especially with his, his latest heel turn, which I'm not a fan of. Again, gotcha. Because it, it takes the heat away from Tommaso Ciampa, who's doing excellent work. Um, Gargano, though, as a wrestler, though, any match of Gargano is is just phenomenal. Again, I'm going to mention the Jacksonville show we saw recently. Main event was Keith Lee against Johnny Gargano. And in that match, you, you would think just a typical squash match, you know, just because Keith Lee is so much bigger than Gargano. But everything about that match worked. Everything did. Uh, I mean, and that's praise to Keith Lee as well. Who I was not a huge fan of, and I wasn't totally on board with, uh, until I saw that match. And I thought, okay, this guy can work with anyone because he put on this great match with Johnny Gargano. And uh, I'm going sh- to throw back to Almas Gargano, man. That match is fire. That match is probably, that's got to be top, one of my, I, I, I won't say top match because I'm probably forgetting something in there. But like as far as matches this year, that one I, I can kind of go back to and say, have you seen this match? Uh, Almas versus Gargano. I forget what takeover that was, but it was earlier in the year when Almas was still champion. Uh, Gargano should have won that match, but <laughs> I don't argue with the actual performances of both Andrade and Gargano. Uh, just phenomenal match. Gargano's matches with Champa again. I don't always agree with the way they end. The outcome of them are a little bit weird, um, but the matches themselves are always phenomenal. So I gotta, I gotta tip my hat to, to Gargano and say he's one half of the equation at least every single time. So praise to, praise to Johnny Wrestling. Welcome to my top three of my top ten. Wow. Okay. My number three, welcome to my top three, hey. is the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes has has really done it all for a couple of years running now. And the fact that in this year he helped organize all in the biggest independent wrestling show in, what, 25 plus years, maybe ever, um, in terms of... I know in terms of attendance, it might not be the biggest ever, but in terms of impact and impact in its era, it has to be considered uh, unique and spectacular. That night at All In, he won the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, the 10 pounds of gold belt held by his father, belt held by Ric Flair and Harley Race and all all sorts of other individuals, Cody beating uh, Nick Aldis for it, and uh, he has since lost the belt back to Aldis. Cody Rhodes making headlines by saying he would no longer wrestle uh, with the Ring of Honor uh, at Final Battle in New York City. Cody Rhodes, who is now going into 2019 wrestling for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Cody, who is at the middle of all sorts of speculation about returning to the WWE. Cody, who is instrumental in those New Japan shows uh, in California and uh, helping bring New Japan to a U.S. and a worldwide audience. Cody Rhodes, who transformed what the Bullet Club and the Elite is, was, and could be. Cody Rhodes, who has redefined what an independent wrestler can be. Wow. Uh, The son of the son of a plumber has done one hell of a job uh, making an impact uh, everywhere, including briefly in Impact Wrestling. And Cody has been everywhere. He's been everywhere, man. And Cody Rhodes, if he ends up back in the WWE, I'll be okay with that too until they immediately start misusing him. But I think we'll at least get <laughs> one good year out of a Cody Rhodes return in which they would be forced. Because I don't think Cody would allow it any other way. He wouldn't put 
his name on the dotted line if he didn't get a promise that he would get one solid year at the top. And and I think he deserves it the minute he gets back. But until then, he's got Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, he's got whatever else he's doing on the independent scene ahead of him. I really don't know what 20... Whereas 2018, at the beginning, it was like, all right, the world is his oyster. 2019, it could be that too, but it's much murkier than 2018 seemed uh, when looking out at the horizons. I don't know... I don't know what Cody's future is, but his... And that's a beautiful thing. It is, but his past 365, I am crystal clear, it was a brilliant showing. That's why he is so safely and securely my number three favorite wrestler of 2018. Cody Rhodes uh, has obviously learned a lot uh, ever since his departure from WWE. Uh, one th- besides learning all new abilities and skills which he has acquired you know wrestling different styles and different people or whatever uh his I mean, his wrestling is is above and beyond what it was you know a few years ago um but one thing he obviously learned is more the promotional side the business end cody rhodes is in no hurry to go to wwe and let them do whatever they want with the cody rhodes character uh, that'd be nice to hear his name cody rhodes once again um he's just cody nowadays but and i refuse to to stick to that, that's why you always hear me call him Cody Rhodes. Especially with the success of All In, Cody Rhodes uh, has built his own sandbox. So I doubt he's anxious to leave it. Also, he's kind of leading the way when it comes to indie uh, promoting as far as like wrestlers being their own promoters. Um, so I, I don't see him running back to WWE, no matter what they offer him at this point. I think he's having so much fun being the cowboy uh, that he is on the indies. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Cody Rhodes has had a phenomenal past couple of years, but especially this year. Uh, again, NWA winning that uh, championship belt, short-lived as it was. Uh, also, I mean, all in. And then potentially starting his own promotion. Like, he's not going to go back to WWE. Not yet. I do see it down the road. Down the Cody Rhodes. Uh, as long as it takes Brandy with him. Because I think she adds a lot to the whole character. She story. really does. She really she does. does. Uh, yeah, and, and, and yeah, quick quick mention to her, because she's great, by the way. <laughs> she really is a great valet, uh, wife, uh, mentor, whatever she is, muse to Cody Rhodes. She's definitely uh, a part of the equation as well. Uh, which takes me to number two on my list, Darren. Oh, we're getting there, DB. We are getting there. Number two, one of my favorites will always be in my top three as far as I am concerned, unless he retires. Always? Oh, well, it should be. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, the king of strong style. Again, not terribly happy with how he's been used. The second half of the year, again, he won the Royal Rumble, throwing out Roman Reigns, the golden child of all people. And that was a huge shocker. Again, a lot of good at Denim going into WrestleMania. Again, what should have been a dream for me. Instead, the match was okay against AJ Styles, and the outcome was not I agree with. Uh, which led to a feud, which wasn't great. And uh, they've tried their best to, to take Shinsuke down a notch. They even got as far as changing his entrance theme. But even then, the spirit of Shinsuke endured. Much like the spirit of Sauron and Lord of the Rings. Another Lord of the Rings reference. Uh, <laughs> if you can believe that. It's the, it's that time of year. It's, it's, we have to talk about Lord of the Rings. Okay, well, so for the first half of the year, Shinsuke did a lot of great work. And people weren't quite on board with him, even though he 
you know, feud with Jinder Mahal. People made fun of the way he talked and how you could understand what he was saying. Is like that's that's the best you got is make fun of the foreign guy, I guess. Uh, even then, Shinsuke, like I said, kept being himself and people started turning around. I'll never forget being at WrestleMania 33 with you. We went to, uh, it's not WrestleCon, I guess it's All Access. Like, we, we didn't go to, to the WWE All Access part, you know, where people actually meet and greet. We were in the store next door, the mega store for WWE. And I remember standing in front of all these action figures and there was like a hundred Stone Cold Steve Austins and a hundred Shinsuke Nakamura's. And this little girl runs up and she was like, Daddy, Daddy, can I get a Shinsuke? And she was like, yeah, you get a Shinsuke. He's like, oh, I get a Shinsuke. And I thought like, man, that is awesome. This little girl doesn't want these Steve Austins, doesn't want all like a Sasha Banks or a Bailey. She wants a Shinsuke Nakamura doll. And I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. And I'm like, you know what? I think he's catching on. So, I mean, I've always loved his work and uh, New Japan, of course, and his stuff at NXT was great. And like I said, he did great work all year, won the Rumble. He did get into a couple of main event programs. Uh, not that they put that title at the main event. Uh, the WWE uh, SmackDown Championship, whatever you want to call it. Um, but, and all the curveballs they've thrown his character, and again, changing his music, people still love him. He fought, you know, AJ Styles in, I think it was North Carolina, which is very close to Georgia. And old, old AJ is a Georgia boy. And people still half and half cheering half for Shinsuke, half for AJ Styles. And that says a lot because you are in you are in homeboy's territory. You're in AJ's territory the, in the south there. But people still all about Shinsuke. And again, very different, you know. And and you know he he is a foreigner, which automatically makes him different in a you know I guess predominantly white male business that is wrestling. Sure. Uh, so he does stand out, but also he's a six foot two dude with super limber legs and a great balance and again, innovative offense and just love it. Even if I'm not a huge fan of the, the program or the, that he's involved with. And again, the outcome, whatever, uh, just love watching him. And even, even the new music, I'm still kind of like, Oh, but I wish it was the old music. I will say that, but Shinsuke Nakamura always got a place in my heart. Always got a place on my list. Very cool. Um, I I regretfully say Shinsuke Nakamura not in my top ten. And this is our last whole reference show, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. One twelve. We had a good run, Darren. Now uh, everyone knows I am a fan of Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, I will cheer for him whether he is a babyface or a heel. I will always support his career. But I am at uh, I am at a place where. I would rather see him back in New Japan at this point. Oh, I, I totally agree with that. <laughs> now, I think that a lot, and I think a lot of people agree with that. Yeah. Uh, I think a, a, a vocal majority of people agree with that, and I think that Shinsuke's starting to hear it. And I think that uh, we have seen that Shinsuke's response is, let me be the judge of that. Right. Now, Let me some, live my own life. There's some blowback from Shinsuke, and, and rightfully so. Sure. I, I I don't mind stay I don't mind being corrected by Shinsuke because yeah he does need to live his own life sure um, I just want what I want which right. is to see Shinsuke have another badass intense match entirely on his own terms right uh, in a company where he's maybe better understood sure the little girl at Access uh, the North Carolina crowd. Shows that he does translate to an American audience. Absolutely. He, he absolutely does. 
But does he translate to the to the office in Stanford? Apparently not. Uh, However, legit U.S. champion. I agree. Total legit U.S. champion. Yeah, I, I, I'm I not making light when I say I regretfully don't have him on my top ten. The Continental title, as we refer to it on the show, <laughs> yeah. as opposed to the Intercontinental Championship. The, uh, you know, this ten, and we're going to talk about it, I'm going to talk about it some more when we get to number one, but this top ten, a lot of it, and I mentioned this when we did this last year, a lot of this is about feeling. This isn't, and I mentioned it earlier in the, in this segment even, it's less about statistics and more about feeling. Sure. We've talked very little about championships while going through this top ten. Because it's not about that. We mentioned them, you know, as, as it is pertinent. But, like... Well, because championships are totally... They, they don't involve the wrestler as exactly. far as, like... It's out of the wrestler's control. Right. So... And we mentioned it, like I said. Not sure John Cena or Hulk. Let's just call his fate his name. Where where it matters, where it's pertinent, where it is uh, a a, a crutch, or uh, I shouldn't say crutch, but where it is a bolstering point, we'll mention it. But that is not at the heart of of this list. What's at the heart of this list is how these people make us feel. Sure. And uh, Shinsuke lost a little bit of that. You know, you lost, lost that, that loving, loving feeling. feeling. Oh God! Uh, in uh, in my heart uh, in 2018, and uh, that that changing of his entrance music really did a lot to to bring him down a few pegs. And again, things that are not his fault, not his fault at all. Which, as I said, um, but anyway, my number two wrestler uh, is Adam Cole. Baby, just one and not all four. So not all four. Era. Not okay. all four. I would say Adam Cole in NXT without the Undisputed Era would not be the Adam Cole of ROH uh, fame. I would say that the the Panama City Playboy ROH World Champion Adam Cole would not be as hot a commodity in NXT if he did not have the Undisputed Era around him. I will say that. Sure. Um, He's the kind of guy that needs, like, underlings. Like, he needs to be in charge of a group. uh, Not always, but I think in NXT it has helped him. Well, Bullet Club and all that stuff. So it's easy to to picture him as part of a group. It is. It is. Um, And I think he needs to have some of that um, when he makes it to them. God, you know, now that you mentioned Bullet Club, like, how messy is all of the... Once he is once once he is up there, uh, Adam Cole is up on Raw or SmackDown, and then you got you have all these people that were in the Bullet Club and like they just don't ah they just messed it up so much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's hard to believe that WWE messed up something. Darren. I mean, imagine if right now they really decided to to take a, a true new direction and have Finn Balor and uh, AJ Styles both. Try to recreate. I know they can't use Bullet Club; they don't own it. But both try and double down on this Balor Club or the OGBC shirts that the Good Brothers wear, or something where basically they acknowledge the Bullet Club and Balor and Styles feuded over like Gallows and Anderson's uh, like status as like their henchmen or something. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, we're 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 talking about the year that Vince ordered a cease and desist against uh the Ugh. Bullet Club from using the too sweet 
hand gestures. I doubt you're going to hear the word Bullet Club on WWE television anytime soon. Or Vince is rich enough that he could just say it. and He could have people say it and then just pay the pay whatever. There you go. Adam Cole, though, is my number two because Adam Cole makes me feel like wrestling is real. Adam Cole makes me feel uh, that way in the cockles of my heart. The way that Hitman Heart Wrestling with Shadows backstage at a WWF show makes me feel. When I see Adam Cole, makes me feel like Bret Hart walking around with his son Blade in the in the backstage of an arena where WWF is going to have a show. Adam Cole makes me feel like where you see DX headed to the ring and British Bulldogs walking into their locker room. Because <laughs> it's not really their locker room. Because wrestling is fake. And it makes me feel like me standing outside of the Macon Auditorium in Macon, Georgia when I was 16 years old and Scott Norton and Buff Bagwell are literally pushing fans out of the way to get from the parking lot to the building. And not because we have congregated in the wrestler's parking area, but because wrestling is blurring that line. Like, because again, you have it was one of those moments where they sent where Bischoff or somebody said, "Hey, go out and fuck with the fans." Right. Like that's or, or, or the, Heyman telling the Dudley Boys to do something. Right. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the way I feel every time I see Adam Cole. Not because he's a shitster or a troublemaker. Not because he's a kayfabe breaker, but just the twinkle in his eye. And I literally use that term every time I see Adam Cole because he has a twinkle in his eye, and it it. That twinkle in his eye is the twinkle that you see in Shawn Michaels' eye when he's doing the the too sweet hand gesture inside of his sports jacket on Raw. It's the twinkle in Steve Austin's eye when he wins the WWF Championship at WrestleMania 14. The twinkle in Goldberg's eye right before he does the jackhammer in the Georgia Dome on Hollywood Hogan. Whether it's at an NXT house show or whether it's at TakeOver... Every time I hear boom, or I see Adam Cole throw those fingers up, or the crowd say, baby, I am sold. Adam Cole is the next big thing. Hard to believe he wasn't number one with that kind of uh, praise you're giving him. So number one must be very special to you. must have a very special place in your heart. It does. But Adam Cole is my number two, a very strong number two. And I will say, and give me a... Pardon me for one second. There were three different months throughout the year where Adam Cole was my number one. And then there were a couple of months where he was number two. But he comes in for the year overall as my second favorite wrestler of 2018. Okay, well knowing that's who number two is for you, I've got a pretty good guess who number one is for you. Uh, My number one, though, maybe, can you guess? You get one guess. Um, Tetsuya Naito. No. Close, no. though. Very close. And again, someone I had to just off the list there. Kenny Omega. Oh, yeah. I should have guessed that. Kenny Omega. I feel like every time he wrestles, it's like an event. Like, it's it's really great watching Kenny Omega wrestle. Uh, and I've said this quite a bit about several people on my list, but it's one of my favorite parts about wrestlers is... The, the innovation of offense, uh, and Kenny, Kenny Omega is just full 
of innovation and full of athleticism. And I mean, for my money, he is the best wrestler in the world. And I know that's that's making a big statement right there. I mean, it's hard enough to make a top ten out of a, you know hundreds of wrestlers. PWI, I don't know how they do it. Um, <laughs> make a top five hundred, but. Uh, anytime I see Kenny Omega wrestle, it's just uh, it's just the best, and and his personality is great. The little sign off at the end of uh, New Japan shows where he says goodbye and good night, that's all great. Uh, he's so over, he's beloved by by most fans. Uh, if anyone thinks that he is not a good wrestler, then they don't know anything about wrestling. Um, uh, sorry if, if, if you hashtag your listeners aren't Kenny Omega fans. <laughs> that might sound a little harsh, but maybe no. they just haven't been exposed. That, that, that's fine. And again, like we just said, it's all subjective and it's all opinion. And who really gives a shit? But Kenny Omega, uh, for my money, is I give a shit. Thank you. Is is just the the top wrestler in in all of wrestling right now, and WWE knows that. And I know Triple H has tried very hard to court Kenny Omega over, which if they ever did, uh, indie wrestling would be in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Uh, because he's he's kind of the biggest draw they have. Not even kind of. He is the biggest draw that they have. Uh, also, the tag team work with uh, Koto Ibushi and the Golden Lovers, all that stuff is just top-notch. Uh, all that stuff's great. Koto Ibushi, honorable mention, also. Uh, he'd be in my top 20, probably. Um, but man, Kenny Omega. So good. So good. It's just fun to say Kenny Omega. Well, Kenny Omega is your number one. Kenny Omega not making my top ten. Um, if I were making a list of like my top ten favorite matches, at least of the year, Kenny Omega would be at least one of those. Sure. Um, Kenny Omega, I don't know why. He'd be in my top 20. He'd definitely be in my top 25. There's just... Um, it's not a complete feeling. And again, I have to go with feeling. I have to go with something that makes me care more than just being a fan. Uh, I Like, for example, I grew up being a Florida State football fan. Um, it wasn't enough that throughout the 80s and 90s they were a very good football team. Everybody can love Debatable. a winning team. Sure. Everybody can like that their team can and does win. When it means more to you, when you when you literally get chill bumps by watching the marching band, when you mythologize a man who's just a football coach into being like a spiritual character in your life, when you like consider a, a building made of steel and brick that's not a religious building, hallowed ground, uh, when you know. When you when you when you have a love for something that is beyond watching a football game, uh, that's hard to do. Uh, when you feel that way when you're eight years old, not hard to do. That's not hard to do. Maintaining that feeling when you're eighteen, when you're twenty eight, when you're thirty eight, uh, that's very hard to do. Um, I will say WrestleMania twenty seven, though it was the first WrestleMania I ever attended. Other than like sort of patting myself on the back and shaking my own hand for making it to a WrestleMania, I don't know that I had any goosebumps that entire trip. WrestleMania 28, there were moments, though, where it began to feel like something. Feeling something is everything. And feeling uh, like wrestling is more than going to watch something to make you giggle or something to make you applaud a spot. 
That's where it's at. And that's why my number one favorite wrestler for 2018 is the golden boy of grab ass, Effie. Had a feeling, yes. Uh, Effie, friend of the show, uh, many, many time guest of the show, and uh, former Fest Wrestling champion. Effie, and and I think this is a, a true testament to what he does in the ring and on the microphone, is that despite knowing him in real life, should actually that should really should really hurt your ability to make someone feel something, right? Um, because you because sh- you're in on it, you're in on the gag. Also, nepotism should disqualify him from your top ten altogether. Um, and yet there is something about the, that's a very big difference. Now, you know, I will, I I, refer, I call him Effie. Effie might as well be his given name. I'll that never call is him his given name. I'll never call him anything different. And yet, there's something different when he comes through that curtain as Effie than it is the man that we talk to on the podcast, the man we talk to off the air. Yeah, all of a sudden we don't know him when he's out there doing his thing, right? Uh, right? Am I right? I mean, you know, this is... okay. So but this did is we all... ever get to know the real him, Darren? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. it's all a work. It's all a work. But, I mean, Effie is what? two? Oh, we only have two people on our top ten list who is the same this year. Three? Velveteen Dream, Adam Cole. Okay, I guess Adam Cole as being part of your undisputed era. But, um, yeah, so uh, three out of ten. Ain't um, bad. So I got to hand it to Effie. Uh, Whether I I got to see Effie actually wrestle at a very small independent show in my hometown this year, which was kind of cool. Got to see Effie wrestle uh, many times at Fest Wrestling with and without the gold around his waist. Uh, got to watch, thanks to the internet, Effie wrestle all over the country against uh, all sorts of opponents. Proudly uh, fighting in, in defense of Fest Wrestling and its championship. Um, strongly, definitively fighting for who he is as a wrestler and a character and a game changer. And that's to me what Effie is. He's not only someone who makes you feel something, but he's also changing the game. Uh, everything he does is a little bit different. Uh, everything that Effie does is coming from a little bit uh, of a different angle, a sharper, a more precise, a more informed, and a more impactful angle. I think Effie is a true innovator. Uh, if you look at where he is in the world of wrestling, um, the tier of wrestling that he is at, and what he is uh, producing at that tier, it is head and shoulders above uh, his contemporaries. Nowhere to go but up. I mean, nowhere to go but up for Effie, and he's going up, uh, I used the phrase before, jumping up the ladder, not simply climbing it, and I think Effie is uh, 2019, I am stoked to see where he goes. Um, Effie, again, my number one, because he makes me feel like wrestling is more than wrestling, and if you could do that, what, what more could you ask for? Absolutely. Very well put. All good reasons. Again, Effie making an appearance on my list as well. And uh, we don't talk about much, but because obviously with Effie, there is so much personality to talk about. And and the fact that he he does put a lot of effort into promoing, you know, his his, uh, promo videos are really making the rounds out there on social media. I think a lot more people are trying to take notice. That he puts more effort. I think a lot of people are starting to be like, I should, I should put that much effort in. And I think every wrestler should try to put that much effort into it. 
Um, again, not saying that all wrestlers, you know, don't put enough into it, but a lot don't. Let, let's be honest. Effie's really great at self-promotion. And he knows he has to do more than everyone else to really stand out and to, to get noticed. And he's really starting to get that attention and notice, which he deserves now. Uh, again, so much, so much personality there, but again, he's also a good wrestler. At the very, very core, there is ability there, which can back up all the personality that Effie has. And it's just always great to see him wrestle a match. That four-way match against Serpentico, Saeb al and um, Jason Kay. It was a phenomenal match. So well-booked. So well-wrestled. And, uh, again, Effie part of that. So, uh, always great to watch Effie wrestle, no matter who he's wrestling. And he, he can wrestle a match that's full of spots. Uh, or you know, a, a match that's full of storytelling. Or just a match that's full of wrestling. And... Anytime, Effie's going to step up to the plate and, and take a swing and, and swing for the fences. So, Effie, congratulations for being number one on uh, Darren Beasley's top ten list. Those were our top ten lists, folks. Those were our top tens. How about some honorable mentions? Honorable mentions, sure. Uh, I've already named quite a few for myself. Uh, Ruby Riot, Tetsuya Naito, uh, Kodobushi. Uh, Ugly Ducklings with Coach Mikey as well. I, I wanted to have my list, but there wasn't enough room. Saeed Al-Sabah also. Also hard to knock him off the list, but I, I love watching Saeed wrestle. And uh, Marty Skirtle. I mean, there's, there's so many people. It's so hard to make it only a top ten. Well, noticeably absent from my top ten this year were a lot of New Japan stars. Right. Um, I, I think that New Japan was so hot in 2017. It cooled down just a little bit in 2018. I really hope that 2019 is is huge again. Um, I think Kenny Omega is a fine champion, but Okada seemed to make it bigger than it was. Something about Kazuchika Okada being the champion of New Japan, uh, the IWGP Heavyweight Champion, was a was bigger to me than uh, than Omega. Um, and that doesn't mean I need Okada to be the champion again for in uh, in JPW to be hot, but. Uh, my honorable mentions for, like, they just barely aren't in the top ten um, are Kazuchika Okada, uh, Shayna Baszler. Also honorable mention for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, She's really improved a lot over the year. Really great. Dean Ambrose, um, Kota Ibushi, uh, Drew McIntyre actually had a hell of a year, and uh, Joey Janela. Uh, these are people that impressed me all year long, barely didn't make my top ten. Um, uh, and the Ugly Ducklings. Mm-hmm. Uh, beyond that group, there I also have to make a very quick mention of a few individuals that weren't necessarily going to make my top ten, but stood out at one point or another in the year and really made me stand up and take notice. Not enough to make them one of my favorites of the year, but to make me go, I'm keeping my eye on you. And that is, of course, Pentagon Jr., Marty Skrull, Saeed Al-Sabah, Lars Sullivan, as well as Jinder Mahal. I still have hopes for you, buddy. I think you can really be uh, something special. Mahalisha. There's no, there's no, that's the glass ceiling, bud. Dalton Castle, who took a pretty big fall for me in terms of being one of my favorites, but I still love you, guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep up the good work. And uh, and Josephus Brody, I think, is, is somebody to keep your eye on moving into 2019. So, those are my honorable mentions. Those that uh, were highly deserving. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's a, a tragedy that I left you off. And then some of those that are basically just keep your eyes on these guys. Sure, absolutely. So, but wow, 
Those are great lists. Those are a lot of fun. Let's <laughs> pat ourselves in the back, Stephen McMahon style. I, I love it. No, I, I love it. It's good stuff. Obviously, it's all in good fun, folks, and all subjective. Uh, do you have a top ten? What do you think about our top ten? Let us know. There are a lot of ways you can do that, folks. Uh, find us on Twitter at Ref and Show Podcast, R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Find us on Facebook, like and share. We would appreciate that. Send us a Gmail, especially if you want to enter the Royal Rumble Contest, which you should be doing right now, folks. The whole Ref and Show at gmail.com, T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E-R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W at gmail.com. Or, or find us on Instagram. We are The Whole Ref and Show on Instagram. And uh, Instagram is a whole Real lot of fun uh, fun playground for the whole Ref and Show. Come play with us there. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. And that's going to do it. Our first episode of 2019. Wow. Many, many more to come, folks. Again, next week, we'll have our full review of Wrestle Kingdom, the latest from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Looking forward to talking about them again. It's been a little while. It's been too long. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they, they fall by the wayside, but we definitely got to report on Wrestle Kingdom. It's, to me, almost as big of a deal as WrestleMania. Uh, But we'll talk about it next week, folks. Until then, my name is Perry Smith. And my name is the incredible badass that is Darren Beasley. And we're going to see you next week on the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole Refn Show. So long, folks. Happy New Year!